You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right, yeah, our roster looks great on paper. Look the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up! Get your sorry ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Dang, dang! Time is on the I ain't never seen you before, huh? Back up, Tanner, coach, you need some help. We're gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Let's go! Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me, your host, Matthew Burning at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, though, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from SiriusXM Radio, Mr. Bob Lung, the award-winning fantasy football consistency guide and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo, Dwayne McFarland, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others, and you can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We at the Roundtable are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the most advanced stats in football, baseball, basketball, and college football. College football stats are extremely hard to find. For just $15 a year, you can look at all of these. I'm telling you guys, it is well worth it. If you like to dive into the analytical side of sports and or for I use it for prospects, college football prospects specifically, it is amazing. It goes down to the minutest of details in this stuff. And again, it's just $15 a year. If you use our code ROUNDTABLE, you will get 10% off of that, which is a steal of a deal, if I do say so myself, and probably the best deal in the industry. So definitely check them out, especially if you want to get a jump on the upcoming draft class. It'll be well worth your time and money. And so we've got another great episode for you guys today. We're going to continue talking about the free agent madness that has been going on here the past couple days. Uh, On Monday's episode, me, Dennis, and Matt talked about a lot of the signings. And after we got off recording, a lot more moves were made. And then a lot of moves were made Tuesday. So Tony is going to join me and Matt today as we go through and break the rest of these uh, moves down. Uh, Talk about some of the defensive ones that we're interested in. And then jump into some of the offensive moves. And definitely talk about the quarterbacks. 
Matt and Tony are here, so let's jump them on and talk about more of the 2020 free agent frenzy. And we've got Mr. Matthew Fox with us today. You can follow him at or on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Matt, how you doing today on this beautiful Thursday afternoon? Well, if the world wasn't depressing enough, Colorado <laughs> has produced a blizzard for us today. So um, there's that. Well, I mean, yeah. you're you're likely already quarantined anyway, right? So you know, you just gotta. You're just giving you more reasons to stay inside. It's not necessarily a bad thing. We've also got uh, Mr. Tony Dyer with us as well. Finally, he's finally back with us after a couple week hiatus. You can follow him on Twitter at Commissioner Mr. Tony. How you doing, man? Glad to have you back on with us. I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for having me again, guys. Absolutely. So we are going to continue our talk about the free agent frenzy that has happened here as of late. We hit on a lot of guys on Monday. Uh, But then a lot of news happened Monday and Tuesday after we actually got off the podcast. Unfortunately, a ton of defensive guys as well, uh, just like Monday. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to run through a bunch of them, just kind of give you guys what team they are on now, how many years, and how much money they got. And then there's a couple guys that we're going to focus on that Matt and Tony want to talk about. And then we're going to move on to the offensive side of the ball and kind of discuss the big moves there and what that means for our teams and for fantasy so on the defensive side, Robert Quinn goes to Chicago, five years, 70 mil. Joe Schobert, I was really sad to see him leave Cleveland, but I caught, everybody thought it was going to happen. Goes to Jacksonville for a five-year, $53 million deal. Kyle Van Noy goes to Miami, four-year, $51 million. Dante Fowler Jr. to Atlanta on a three-year, $45 million. James Bradbury, underrated signing here, I thought, by the Giants. Really good for them to kind of improve their secondary uh, he goes on a three-year, $43 million deal. Trey Waynes to uh, Cincy for a three-year, $42 mil. Kendall, Kendall Fuller to Washington, four years in 40. Jason Hargrave to Philly for three years, 39. Corey Littleton to Javon Las Vegas. Hargrave. I'm sorry, yeah, Javon Hargrave. Uh, Corey Littleton um, to the Raiders for three years and $35 million. Really good one here as well. These next two I was really kind of uh, – Really kind of liked Mar- Malcolm Jenkins to New Orleans, back to New Orleans, their former first-round pick for four years, $32 million. So pairing him with Marshawn Lattimore I thought was a great move by them. Uh, and then Blake Martinez, who was another guy that I was really hoping the Browns could steal in thoughts that Schobert would uh, leave. He goes to the Giants for three years, $30 million. Mario Addison to Buffalo for three years, $30 million. Jordan Phillips to Arizona, three years, $30 million. And then Shaq Lawson as well to Miami for three years and $30 million. Matt, you wanted to talk about Byron Jones, who ends up becoming the highest paid cornerback, uh, I believe, in the league and out of this free agency period. Goes to Miami for five years, $82 million. What are your thoughts on Byron Jones leaving the Cowboys and heading to the Dolphins? Yeah, I thought that was a big sign. Kind of capped a really big day. You touched on a couple of the other deals Miami got with uh, Kyle Van Noy and Shaq Lawson. Really spent a lot uh, to build that defense. Now you have Byron Jones across from Xavier Howard. I think that gives them a really impressive uh, set of corners. Um, you know, we were curious. Miami is one of those teams that's rumored to possibly be picking up 
to a, you know, obviously in a slow rebuild, maybe writing off 2020 a little bit and focusing on uh, the year after. But um, with the frisky way they ended uh, the last season and the moves they've made, and now obviously we'll talk about it in a little bit later, but with Tom Brady kind of moving on, uh, making some noise in what might be a more competitive and more open AFC East. I thought uh, it was really kind of interesting to see Miami out there using their cap and uh, making some big splash signings. Yeah, I actually liked it a lot too, more so in the fact that I think Byron Jones is going to end up probably playing the second best wide receiver on most teams because you're going to have Howard playing the best wide receiver. And Byron Jones, I think he, he did struggle a little bit this year in Dallas as someone who lives here. I heard all the Cowboys fans talk so much crap about him, uh, how he wasn't able to lock down the ones, but he still did a decent job. I think that moving him to the number two now with Howard there is a great move by them. It paid a lot of money for him, uh, but I'm with you. I, I've really kind of liked what they've done in this offseason I think really have kind of sped up their rebuild as well with Brady leaving uh, you know I think there's still some fair questions to ask about Sam Darnold and Josh Allen I know I know Allen got the bills to the playoffs last year but uh, he really kind of struggled in that second half against the Houston Texans and and showed how he could be beaten so I'm really actually kind of excited for what could happen to the AFC East for what feels like the first time in two decades I'm excited to possibly see what could happen in the AFC East Uh, you had a couple more moves on here I'm going to save the last one uh, because I know why you want to talk about that one Uh, but DJ Reader uh, defensive tackle to Cincinnati for four years 53 million what were your thoughts on, on on DJ I think he was uh, one of the big focus prizes, especially at that position uh, in in the offseason. I had really hoped Denver might get him. I know Denver was in kind of at the last minute. There was even some confusion when they said he signed, wh- whether he signed with Denver or not. I think it's a great pickup for Cincinnati, um, kind of a really big piece that will give them a, a solid piece in the center on their defensive line. Another team uh, that's kind of at the bottom. Uh, last year that could be bouncing up a little quicker than we expected. And I think for Denver, it was interesting to see how they rebounded from that. And then they haven't signed as many free agents, but two, you know, kind of tactical trades that were completed officially yesterday, getting AJ Boye uh, from Jacksonville for a fourth. And then they were able to turn their fullback who they're no longer going to use in the new offensive scheme into a seventh round pick and use that seventh round pick uh, to go to Tennessee to get uh, Jarrell Casey. So it's been kind of interesting to see the teams that are missing out on some of these big free agent targets, finding other creative ways to fill those holes. Yeah, and I do want to mention it looks like uh, part of the reason they went out to get Reader, not only because of how good he was at the position, but Andrew Billings did move on. Uh, he, he went to the Browns. I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's a good signing. I'm not a... Uh, not hugely uh, big on this. Uh, interested. I was trying to see something. Uh, I was reading a report on uh, Melvin Gordon. I apologize about that. All right, so here's the one that I know you want to talk about, and I'm sure you were disappointed with him leaving. But Chris Harris Jr. Uh, leaves the Broncos, goes to the Chargers for two years, $17 million. I've got to say also – just makes that defensive secondary even more stacked. Like that is a very scary secondary now. Adding uh, adding Chris Harris in there. So, what were your thoughts on Harris leaving the Broncos for the Chargers? So, I was obviously really uh, bummed to see him go. He was one of my uh, favorite Broncos players. The last member of the No Fly Zone that was still on the team. Um, what's kind of curious to me, I think, what caught a lot of us Broncos fans off guard. It's a bummer that he went inside the division, though he says that wasn't uh, 
that wasn't his goal necessarily, but, um, you know, I think that just ended up the deal he liked best, but I was looking at the financial deal two years, 17 million. We know that, uh, the Broncos at the trade deadline last year had offered him an extension of two years and 20 something million with 12.5 guaranteed first year. Mm -hmm. And he had turned that down, which is one of the reasons they went out and traded for Boye. And I think that's one of the reasons that Denver didn't try to approach him after, you know, cause we still obviously need another corner. I'm, was shocked to see the figure. And I think if there was any thought that that's the figure you could have landed him for, he probably would have ended back up with us. So that was probably what hurt the most. Yeah, it's always sucks seeing like our favorite players, and especially someone as good as him. He, in my opinion, is probably a walk-in Hall of Famer once he retires. So it does suck to see those guys leave, and even more so, as you mentioned, in the division where you know you're going to have to see him twice a year. Tony, your team made a, a huge move uh, on in free agency that I loved. We talked about it a little bit on Monday's podcast, but since you were not here, I'm going to let you have the floor a little bit on this. DeForest Buckner uh, gets traded to the Indianapolis Colts, and then they sign him to a five-year, $21 million deal. Again, I love the move for the Colts. What are your thoughts on it? I love it. We had all the money to spend, and he finally went out and spent it. And what's interesting is that he's that DeForest Buckner is really not that old, right? He's uh, I think uh, 27, 20, 28. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, I may I, be wrong I, on that. I'll I think look we're really gonna quick. Get, I'm going to look it up real quick, but I think we're going to get some of his best years, and he's had some really good years already. You obviously don't even need to tell you about him. And I, like I said before, I wish that it, that DeForest Buckner was a name that I was paying more attention to before the trade, because now I kind of feel like I'm just eating all the, you know, whatever they put up on social media about why it's great, and then not figuring. And I don't. I, I'm rambling. <laughs> I wish I knew DeForest Buckner a little bit better. Um, that's all I'm trying to say. I'm super excited that we're finally spending the money. He's 26 years old, yeah. so that's good. We're going to get the best years out of him. And we got five years, man. I mean, Frank Wright is doing – Frank Wright, uh, Chris Ballard's doing exactly what we expected. He had all the money, and now he's – Continuing with his same market, he could have gone out and spent all the money on Tom Brady. There's no doubt in my mind that if they wanted Tom Brady, they had the money to go get him. Mm -hmm. I don't think Tom would say no to Indianapolis, and I don't think Indianapolis would say no to Tom outside of the money. He's spending the money wisely now. That's what you want to see. And so that's what I'm most excited about. For, for, to get to Forrest Buckner is great, but to see them using the money in ways that will make the football team good long term is even better. I guess that's – it took me a while to get there, but that's what I think about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly agree with you 100%. I, I love the move for them. Like I said, I, I know they had to trade away their first-round pick, but to get a guy who's not only, I would say if you threw him in this draft class, would be one of the best defensive tackles in the in the class, and then add in that now you just secured him up to a five-year deal. Uh, you, you know, you there's no guarantee that you're still going to get a proven player or a player that can prove that they can play on the NFL level at 13 where you now got that DeForest Buckner. He's proved over the past couple of years he can play in the NFL and be an elite talent. So I love the move for them. Uh, right. I'm with you. They and Go ahead. In a lot of ways, they I think they, they made value on that pick. He was seventh overall just in just yeah. a few years ago. I mean, huge, huge amount of talent there, obviously. And they still have like the 34th or 35th pick. I think it's a really early second round pick. So they really didn't. I don't think they paid that much. The contract is what they paid. The pick makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. I would like I said, we we talked about it a little bit on Monday, and I, I don't I don't think any of us had any issues with it. We all kind of loved the deal. I, I thought it was a great move. So I'm excited for them. They also made another move, but we're going to save that I think for last because there's quite a few 
interesting Ooh. little things going on with the with the quarterbacks that I think we've really got to dive into. So I guess the next uh, unsexiest position, uh, it matters the most, in my opinion, to a football team. But when it comes to fantasy and everything, it's not as big a deal. And that's the offensive line. Uh, a couple moves happened after we uh, signed off uh, Monday. Uh, although this one did happen during, uh, Matt's reaction was was kind of comical had I been recording. Graham Glasgow goes to uh, Denver for four years, $44 million. Andrew Whitworth um, stays with the Los Angeles Rams, three years, $30 million. Brian Bulaga goes to the Chargers for three years, $30 million. And then Jack Conklin uh, goes to Cleveland, which we talked about a little bit on Monday. Me, me excited about that one. So uh, I'll let you go first. Tony, what were your thoughts on the Jack Conklin deal to uh, Cleveland? I'm a pretty selfish Colts fan today. Here's the reality of it. Jack Conklin was is a decent uh, offensive tackle. He was in the division. Now he's not. And I'm a Closet Browns fan on top of that. So <laughs> I love everything about it. And the most selfish part is I just love that Jack Conklin's out of Tennessee. Right. And I think that it's uh, it was another, it's a good move, just like what I was saying about the long-term success. This might be one of the smartest trades or acquisitions I've seen out of Cleveland for a while, other than maybe the Kareem Hunt thing, the discount it was was really awesome there. Yeah. But um but I mean this is a serious playmaker here that can make a difference for Baker, that can make a difference for both of those young running backs. Add in Austin Hooper. They're having a great offseason altogether. I'm so excited about the Conklin to the Browns just to see if that how close are they to unlocking this thing. That's kind of I'm, yeah. I'm a little more cautious now, though. I went all in last year. Oh, I'm right there with you. I was making jokes on Monday's podcast that we're the we're the Super Bowl champions in uh, in free agency for the third year in a row. So I'm going to hold my breath. But I'm, I'm with you. I, I love the move. Uh, you know, not even just because he was the best right tackle on the market, but the fact, obviously, it fills a big need that they needed. And he works perfectly in Kevin Stefanski's outside run scheme. If you go and look at all the outside runs that Derrick Henry had to the right side, it was actually most of his most successful runs. Uh, and nothing against Derrick Henry. Uh, he obviously proved me wrong last year. I think Nick Chubb's better. So having Nick Chubb there as well now, I just, I love the move. Really excited to see what happens, but I'm with you. I'm a little, I'm going to, Hold back a little bit, be a little bit more reserved because I want to see it on the field now after they have, in my opinion, really kind of done a really good job in free agency the past couple years with the moves they've made and it's just not translated onto the field. Uh, Matt, what was your thoughts on Glasgow going to uh, Denver? Um, I th- think that's a good signing uh, for Denver. Um, there's some question as to whether he's going to play uh, center or, or right guard. Um, we may not know for a little while. One of the nice things is he's proven really durable um, over his uh, last few seasons, which is something, you know, Denver released Ron Leary, who had been a free agent signing at right guard a couple of years ago. And one of the issues with Ron Leary is he was good when he was on the field for the most part, but he just couldn't stay on the field. So I think they're hoping um, that they can get more out of them. And if, if our guard tandem now for the next few years is Dalton Reisner and Graham Glasgow, that's going to be uh, really strong in the middle. I think there's some hope that Juwan James can get healthy. Some came out after the season that he had a, a tear in his knee that got repaired in the off season that just was never right after getting injured in that opener last year. So kind of hoping get more out of that. And I, Garrett Bowles, is an interesting one. You know, he obviously very famous for getting a lot of penalties. I actually <laughs> thought he improved quite a bit going down the stretch, especially when we got uh, statuesque Joe Flacco out of the pocket. So Denver, the makings of an interesting line, but at the same time, 
you know, we re- released Ron Larry, Connor McGovern, our center signed with the Jets. So uh, still some openings. I don't know whether they're going to address some of that in the draft or try to go out and get another piece. So a good signing, but still, uh, still some holes to fill. Yeah, um, I mean, as a Philip Lindsay guy, I would love for them to to continue to improve that offensive line, just in hopes that he can continue to just be absolutely awesome, because he is by far one of the best running backs in the league, in my opinion. So let's talk Ooh. about running backs. Philip Lindsay, come on now, don't don't hate on Philip Lindsay on this podcast. No, that's okay. Okay, I'm not, I'm just I'm checking, not hating, I'm just, not hating on him. I'm not hating on the, him. The mats are going to come at you if you hate on Philip Lindsay. That, that's our guy right there. I could just feel the heat coming off of that hot take all the way over here. That's all I'm trying to say. But I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm not dogging him. Stop. Don't beat me up here. <laughs> so the the I guess the really one main running back signing we have, there's a, a couple other rumors going around. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll address those first because th- there's not really much to go with them. Uh, Melvin Gordon apparently is not getting many uh, many offers and nothing compared to what Los Angeles offered him last offseason. So that uh, – I still think Melvin Gordon can play. I'll, I'll be interested to see where he lands. Is there a spot that either one of you would hope that he goes to? Maybe if I don't know if either one of you own him. I don't own him in any dynasty league. So if one of you two owns him, is there a spot that you'd love to see him go? I'd like to see him go to Tampa Bay. Um, but here's my thought on this. And I almost brought it up when we were talking about the defensive guys. Because of, um, oh, used to be Jacksonville, now in Seattle. Linebacker, free agent. Uh, what's his name? I can't, why can't I think of his name right now? Yes. I'm thinking of the same thing for Melvin Gordon. Here's my thought process is with everything going on in the world, these team physicals aren't happening. These players like Melvin Gordon and Jadavian Clowney, I'm afraid that the free agency, it's not going to pass them up completely, but a lot of this money is going to get spent because I'm afraid teams are going to be afraid to make offers to these guys. And the independent physician is not going to work in this, in this scenario. I just don't think that's going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit worried about Melvin Gordon. I, I don't know that he's – I don't know. I'm, I'm worried he won't get a prime spot. That's what I'm trying to say. I hope it's Tampa Bay. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned Tampa Bay because there's obviously a lot of rumors. Uh, Matt, we were talking about right before Tony joined us off air that uh, there's a lot of rumors that they may be trading. I, the rumor I saw was Chris Godwin to the Rams – uh, for Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks. I would not do that if I'm the Buccaneers. I would much rather have Chris Godwin. Uh, I know that Todd Gurley is, you know, he was one of the best running backs, and Brandon Cooks and Tom Brady clearly had a uh, a great um, rapport when they were together. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that, Tony? Like, w- would you do that trade just to bring in a guy like Gurley? Because they clearly need to improve at the running back position if they can't get Melvin Gordon. Yeah, and Gurley, I guess, makes just as much sense, if not more. But like Matt was saying before we started, they don't have the room for that. What do they have to do? I mean, what? who knows what they would have to give up? Godwin? Yeah, and, that was I mean, the rumor. Godwin, yeah. I, I know, yeah, I, again, I, I'm looking at probably from a fantasy perspective, but God, I would. I, I like Brandon Cooks, but to give up Godwin for Brandon? Yeah. Nah, not, not me, man. Not me. It's not, it's not for me. And, and the football, NFL, just NFL, not for me. Fantasy football, all day long. I'll take it all day. <laughs> Uh, so before Matt gives us his uh, reaction to uh, the trade, Ian Rappaport just tweeted something Tony was talking about uh, in the tr- in our talks right there. And I just want to point out that, yeah, so Todd Gurley, the reason there's a lot of rumors about him being traded is that he has two, I believe, two separate $10 million kickers in his contract, one for a workout and one for some kind of physical thing, which physical thing might not happen. 
just based on the fact that nobody's getting physicals because of everything going on in the world right now. But if the Rams want to get out of that $20 million that will hit their cap, they need to get rid of him by Friday. So that is why I think he's getting linked to so many teams. Matt, what are your thoughts on uh, him and Cooks possibly going to Tampa Bay for Chris Godwin in return to play with Brady and this rising Buccaneers team? So first, I think the original count that that posted that um, I've seen since was not was an unverified. So I don't know if it started a rumor that now other people are just uh, picking up as potentially out there. To me, that trade makes a lot of sense for the Rams because I like Godwin better than Brandon Cooks. Plus, they'd get a first. But it makes no sense to me if you are Tampa Bay. In addition, I don't know that Tampa Bay um, has that kind of cap. When I looked at Sport Track this morning, it said that their cap is just under $49 million of free space. And that's before you add a Tom Brady contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Cooks cap hit this year is 16.8 and Todd Gurley's cap hit is 17.5. You're talking about $33 million of players coming back. And I mean, honestly, if Tampa Bay wants a running back, they could draft one. Um, there's yeah. a couple of pretty good ones here. Uh, they could also go out and sign somebody. I mean, I would bet you could get Melvin Gordon right now for much less than $17 million a year. So I, I don't, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. It's hard to tell. Both Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks, you would have to think, kind of are at the lowest point in their potential trade value, you know, based on last year. Brandon Cooks, he's had some concussions. That's a long-term concern. Um, but he also just completely seemed to disappear in that Rams offensive scheme for large swaths. Of 2019, Todd Gurley came into the year after having some questions to end the previous year. Did not look like himself for much of the year. He had an okay year stats-wise. And if you were looking for kind of like a decent running back that could help you in the run and in the pass, but you know was a little bit of a risk, that'd be fine. But Gurley's contract puts him up there at like an elite three-down you know, the Todd Gurley we saw in 2017. So I think that's, you know, that's probably, I'm not surprised the Rams might want to get out from under that because they, uh, you know, an underrated, uh, given all what the Texans have done, but the Rams had put themselves in salary cap and draft pick hell well before we got to this off season. They had banked a lot on the stars and scrubs method that we saw didn't work out for them last year. Obviously, Arizona's made some moves. Seattle seems to constantly, constantly be making moves 49ers were just in the super bowl they find themselves in an incredibly tough and competitive road even from their own division and there's not a lot they can do through draft or you know off-season moves they as far as i've seen they still haven't even signed jalen ramsey yet you sacrificed first round draft picks to get that guy they have to try to figure that out you know they have a top level core of players that are just soaking up the salary cap and they haven't gotten that kind of return on the field so i think it makes sense that they want to move on i doubt that one single team is going to take both those contracts and both those players yeah the jalen ramsey thing i'm not as worried about i believe if i remember correctly um before the offseason started, there was a report that they agreed that they will sign him next year, but they can't because of the cap issues you were just mentioning. So 
Uh, I, but I agree with you that I would imagine they're trying to move these players. The the tweet that Tony was referring to even uh, insinuates that they may cut him just to get out of this because it'd only be a seven something million cap hit compared to the ten point five. So, I mean, it, it it'll be interesting. It'll happen within the next couple hours. So Todd Gurley could be a free agent as well here very soon if they cannot get a trade done for him. The uh, the only running back that is signed so far in free agency that I've seen is Jordan Howard to Miami for two years, ten million dollars. Uh, I I don't think this is that big of a deal. I still think Howard's a good running back. I think it's a good fit for Miami. I still think they're going to draft somebody, and it's going to be some kind of split backfield there in Miami. Uh, do either one of you guys like not like this signing for the Miami Dolphins and or for Jordan Howard? I thought it was fine for both Miami and Howard. Obviously, Miami has a void at running back. Uh, they traded Kenyon Drake. The, the Kalen Ballish uh, era came and went pretty quickly. The Mark Walton era came and went pretty quickly. Uh, you know, Walton's not even probably going to be in the NFL next year. Patrick Laird, nobody's idea of an answer. Um, I think probably the biggest winner in seeing Howard sign with Miami is uh, Miles Sanders. Yeah, yeah, I love that move. Yeah, that's cool. uh, as a, as a Miles Sanders fan, I love that move. What about you, Tony? I like the deal. I think it makes a lot of sense. And now we're hearing about them taking multiple picks to trade up and, and get after Tua. I mean, if they do that and they they don't get one of those primo backs, then they just may end up with a compliment back or a satellite back to work with Howard, who's shown he can be a great one-two punch. I, I A lot of people are down on, on him, but I think he does a good job. Multiple thousand-yard seasons. He stays healthy. He's on the field. Doesn't have any behavioral issues. He's not being fined. I I really think that he's a he's a good thing for Miami, probably better than than I'm even giving him credit for. Two years, ten million bucks is nothing. I mean, that's a lot of money, but to to an organization like that, yeah, for a running back that they could realistically expect a thousand yards out of if they chose to go that direction. Yeah, I I think the sky's the limit there. I love everything that Miami's done this off season. Yeah, it's crazy, man. They've they've really kind of killed it this off season. Uh, a move that I don't think is going to mean – really, I don't think either one of these two moves is going to mean much for anything. Uh, Jimmy Graham goes to Chicago on two years, a $16 million deal. Uh, I mean, we're obviously going to get into the whole quarterback thing here in a couple of minutes when we get to the quarterbacks. Either way, I'm I'm not buying Jimmy Graham. I guess if you have him, you could sell him. You might be able to get something out of him and the fact that he's on a new team. But I think Jimmy Graham, at least for fantasy purposes, not the NFL. I'm sure he's – I still feel like he's a good NFL player. But for fantasy purposes, he's completely off my radar. Uh, Tony, what are your thoughts on Graham in uh, in Chicago? For all the things that Miami's doing right, Chicago is not. <laughs> That's my thought on it. That's it. Like he's 33 years I old. Like Listen, it. I understand. But you've got Adam Shaheen there. Trey Burton's there. There's plenty of capable tight ends. Trey Burton and Trey Burton was supposed to be the next Zach Ertz not too long ago. Yeah. I mean, the kid's talented. If you can't make anything out of it, stop. What do they have? Ten tight ends on contracts? Does, uh, Fox, that sounds – I bet you know yeah. that. Yeah. They, it's a they have a huge long list. But, I mean, I think the question is there was a lot of hope. Uh, for many people, including all, all cop to having bought many Trey Burton futures a few years ago yeah, I'm guilty. about whether, whether he actually is um, that talented. I have, have some friends who are Eagles fans who said he was never really worth uh, that money and they weren't sad that he left. I think this sort of writes the final nail in the fantasy coffin for Trey yeah, Burton. Jimmy Graham, wasn't as bad as you probably think he was last year, um, but he 
you know, I don't know how great you ever feel about starting him. He's basically a low end tight end too, I think. And he'll remain that, you know, last year it was because he was on an offense screen Bay that doesn't really utilize the tight end this year. It's going to be because he's on an offense that has, uh, you know, the well of sadness at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk about the quarterback so bad, but we got one more, I, I think, <laughs> kind of pointless thing to go over really quick. Um, Randall, Qua- Randall Cobb, my goodness, Randall Cobb goes to the Houston Texans on a three-year $27 million deal. I'm assuming in Bill O'Brien's mad attempt to replace DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, it does nothing for me. I mean, obviously, I think he's got some fantasy value because we know Will Fuller uh, is a stud when he's healthy, which is about two out of the 16 games of the year. So Randall Cobb's going to be the guy he's throwing it to when he's healthy as well with Kiki Cootie, assuming they probably draft some wide receiver at some point. But either one of you, are are you in, out on Randall Cobb? Do you even care? What are your thoughts on him going to Houston? Again, I'm a Colts fan, and I think that everything that Houston's <laughs> done is fantastic for me. That's a fair point. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going to go a little bit the uh, the other way. I Randall Cobb was a guy who was an extreme kind of buy low last year. He really bet on himself on a one year. I think it was only four million dollar deal to Dallas, and there were times uh, in that group, uh, you know, with as much as they threw, that Randall Cobb uh, looked like the Randall Cobb of old. Um, he had a sneakily decent season. I don't think it's a terrible signing. It looks terrible because they just sent DeAndre Hopkins out of the door. And if you were looking to replace DeAndre Hopkins with Randall Cobb, uh, you must be thinking it's 2008. Uh, but if you're just looking at, at a complimentary weapon, um, you know, I don't think he's too bad. I think there's a lot of questions. Obviously, they've soured on Kiki Kuti. He was a healthy scratch a lot last year. There's a lot of talk that Duke Johnson's going to slide into the slot. Um, but I think a combination of Cobb and Stills and Fuller are good complementary pieces. The problem for Houston is what they've now, they went from having one of the premier wide receiver ones to having a collection of wide receiver threes. And that's you know, I love Will Fuller as much as anyone else we talked about before, and there are times when he can be a dominant game changer, but that was with Hopkins opposite him, and that was five games a year. Uh, I think that's the that's the bigger problem, and while Cobb was pretty durable last year, he has had injury issues throughout his career, too. Um, you know, I think we all like Duke Johnson, but he's a running back. Um, so I don't know if that that's a seamless move to the slot. And Kenny Stills was a throwaway piece in a trade to get Laramie Tunsil. At least that's what we all thought. He was a throwaway piece in that trade. Apparently Bill O'Brien thought he was important because Kenny Stills is now like your starting wide receiver out there. So I think that the bigger question is, you know, is Deshaun Watson even going to report for camp at this point? Yeah. And I've been overly critical of it. You're absolutely right. Now the difference between Randall Cobb and DeAndre Hopkins on the field is obvious and, enormous but they're only two years apart randall cobb's just two years older and and you're right if you're expecting randall cobb to replace deandre hopkins then you're a fool but if like you just said you nailed it so eloquently if he's a complimentary piece to to everything else that's going on there all of a sudden i mean you have to look at this thing the right way for it to make sense but in some ways it does make sense because randall cobb is still good so i don't want to be too dismissive of this everybody's poo-pooing all over bill o'brien and for good reason but 
it does make a there is a little bit of sense there that Hopkins deal doesn't make sense, but the Randall Cobb signing does rectify some of that. I do believe that. Yeah, and he had fifty five receptions on eighty three targets for eight uh, for eight hundred twenty eight yards and three TDs in yeah. in Dallas yeah. last year, and they were obviously a high volume passing offense. But you know, he only started six games, played fifteen, so it was kind of a nice bounce back. wasn't uh, that far off of what he was doing as kind of a number two for the Packers. Like if you looked in two thousand fifteen, which was one of his big years as number two for the Packers, 79 receptions, 829 and six. You know, he was 55, so a few fewer receptions, but 828, he was doing better depth of target, didn't have a ton of touchdowns. So it's not a bad move if you're looking at adding pieces to an offense. It's just a curious move because of everything else they did yesterday. But you know, Bill O'Brien, I think has said he's not going to be calling the plays. Maybe they're changing their offensive scheme. And part of this was to do that. I don't know. Adam Schefter tried to make a case for you've got to let, let it play out on the field uh, eloquently today on NFL live before we throw Bill O'Brien under the bus. I know that's going to be a tough pill for Titan fans to swallow right now, but you know, sometimes you don't see the plan in March that comes together on the field in September and October. Right. Hey, and before we move on to quarterbacks, uh, Fox, what do you think about Hopkins's? Did you you have you probably talked about this on Monday? I didn't listen to it. I'm sorry. Mm. Hopkins in in Arizona. I I think that's great for Arizona. Um, you know, obviously Larry Fitzgerald's not getting any younger. Um, it's interesting because uh, I think a few of us, Matt and I, probably were both on the Christian Kirk about to take a step up, which you have to figure yeah. might get. I was, I was too. Tweak, yeah. tweak, tweaked back a little bit now with Dehop. My my problem with Arizona is I don't think their biggest problem was wide receivers last year. So while it's a splashy move and they need to make a splashy move because the same thing that we just talked about with the Rams applies to the to the Arizona Cardinals, you are in the most brutal division. With the change from the CBA, all four of them could potentially now make the playoffs, but you have to be playing at a pretty strong level. They're going to be playing against each other, playing against some tough defenses and stuff. Uh, I think it's a, it's a very flashy move, um, and it's not a bad move, but... I'm waiting to see something else from Arizona. I think their problem has been defense. It's been offensive line. It's been some consistency. Getting DeAndre Hopkins is great, but I don't know that it solves any of those specific problems. Sure. Okay. I was just wondering wondering what you thought. All right, quarterbacks. Uh, We're going to do the easy one first because there's really only like one other ramification here with that, and that's uh, Phillip Rivers going to Indy. One year, $25 million. I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of I was surprised by it. I mean, there was obviously the rumors were pretty much him to either Indy or Tampa Bay. Uh, once he announced that he was not coming back to the Chargers, I liked Brissett. He did struggle, obviously, in the second half was dealing with injuries. But we have our residence Colt fan, Colts fan on here in Tony, who pays very close attention to them. So, what are your thoughts on them bringing in Philip Rivers? Are you excited? Does make them more of a, a legit playoff and Super Bowl champion contender to you? What are your thoughts on Rivers coming in here and being your quarterback for at least one year? It took me some time to get my head all the way wrapped around it and to get on board with it, to be completely honest with you. It wasn't very long ago that Phillip Rivers was really causing some trouble for Indianapolis Colts fans. But once I put all that stuff aside, all personal stuff, and I just looked at what we're working with here, I think there's three or four reasons why this is a really solid signing. The only thing that I kind of question 
is one year. So a little confusing there, but I'm sure there's a plan for it. The dogs are making an appearance. I apologize. <laughs> That's all right. The relationship and, and the success with Reich in the past, obviously, you're going to hear about this a lot. So I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. <laughs> in 2013, Reich was quarterback's coach, and that was one of Rivers' best years ever. So almost 70% completion percentage. 2014, Reich becomes the offensive coordinator. And it just continues somewhere in the mid 60s and over 4000 yards that year. I, I think I remember. But what's more interesting is that he's been he's so surprisingly healthy. I didn't realize he's got the longest consecutive starting streak of any active players. Two hundred and twenty four games. I mean, that's pretty impressive. And yeah. for the organization like the Colts, who have been through this so many times, like, let's get somebody out there and be healthy. Last year, they were crippled with, with health. So to find a guy that is healthy, that has a previous relationship and success with the coach, I, I think it makes perfect sense. Um, and it could be, it could very well be Philip Rivers' best season ever, statistically. I mean, he's going to have one of the best offensive lines available. Now, the, the receiving group is not quite the same as it was in L.A. Is it L.A.? Yeah. It's L.A. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, he's losing a little bit there, but there's it's nothing to turn your nose up at. I love Paris Campbell. He's going to have a big year, I think. T.Y. Hilton, still T.Y. Hilton for at least today. And <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if one of those early picks was one of the young wide receivers. Like, if one of them make it into the second round, it wouldn't shock me at all than to grab one more wide receiver. Maybe it'll be free agency. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... He definitely is going to be playing with the uh, with the best offensive line he has ever had in his career, and I, I don't think you can shortchange uh, the running backs either. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Marlon Mack, but uh, he does have his really yeah. big games, especially when he is healthy. What do you think this means for Naheem Hines, though? Because I actually well, yeah. kind of like, uh, obviously, whoa, okay, Todd Gurley has been released by the Rams, so there's that. Oh, it just happened? That wow, literally just know. happened. Um, wow. So, uh We'll get to that in a second. Well, let's finish talking about the Colts. Because um, I do think Hines can kind of play in that Eckler role. So I actually think Hines might be a, a sneaky buy low right now. Maybe a lot of people are thinking about that. But uh, I actually kind of like Hines possibly getting Phillip Rivers because we know he has no uh, no problem whatsoever dumping off uh, to the running backs. But I do agree with you on uh, Hilton and Campbell. They're, they're a step down from Allen and Williams, obviously, but not a huge step down. I, I like both of them, I hope. Campbell has a huge year. What do you think this means for Brissett, though, in his future? Is this something maybe they're just trying to let him sit? Because it doesn't seem like they're willing to part with him. Is this something maybe they want him to sit behind Rivers for another year and, and grow some more? Is he just going to be the backup moving forward? What do you think? Man, that's the million-dollar question. And I feel like they have to trade him. I feel like they have to trade him. I don't see a way he's not going to go get back up again to maybe be the starter again one day. That's not realistic. You told this man he was the starter. You treated him like the starter. You insisted he was the starter. And then you went out and signed somebody else. Just trade him. Cut him. you got to do something. Something's got to happen because if we need Jacoby, he'd be one of the best backups in the league. And I'm not saying he'd like make some conscious effort to quit. He's a competitor. He's an NFL professional. But there's something else there, man. I'm telling you, when you're scorned like that, and he should feel scorned right now. That's just what it is. Um... It's a one-year deal. That's the that's that's the frustrating thing. If I'm Jacoby Brissett, you sign him to a one-year deal, and I only have one year left on my deal. So what the hell, guys? Yeah, you gotta let him go. You gotta move on. Yeah, because see, that's the thing for me. Um, I wasn't surprised they signed Rivers because it seemed like that was the way they were going. I will say, I think uh, 
Jacoby Brissett bore an unfair amount of the brunt for a disappointing end to a season where there yeah. was a billion injuries. I mean, who the hell was he throwing to? Uh, well, he got hurt. Stretch there. He got hurt. Who was he throwing to when he was out there? Uh, you know, they had some defensive breakdown. I he wasn't great, perhaps, uh, but to to lay it all at his feet, which is almost what it feels like with this signing. But then Rivers for one year. This makes me, you know, I'm sure you thought about this, Tony. Does the instant thing I thought is the Colts must be thinking they're going to make a move and try to draft a quarterback. That's what I thought was going to happen. That's honestly yeah. what I and I it's got to be because you got those two guys yeah. are both one year contract, whether you deal Brissett or not, which I think they'll try. I mean, you got to they, they the got to be trying so, to get somebody. Oh. I, my my problem is. They traded the first, which is not, as I had mentioned before, it's not the end of the world because we still have that early, early second pick, and we have still plenty of picks in the second and third round. So there are plenty of picks available, but that's going to go against the the mindset that we've seen out of the front office in Indianapolis because they're going to have to pay an arm and a freaking leg if they want to trade up to get one of these quarterbacks out of the draft. There's just These other teams aren't going to let that happen, and so it's going to cost him so much that I'm afraid that this is not the case. We're going to have to wait next year and watch somebody else take Trevor Lawrence because we had another 8-8 eight and eight season. That's the worst <laughs> case scenario. I don't believe that's the case. I think the Colts are a contender again and they can yeah. be. Um, but that the potential is, is obviously there that it won't work. And if the Colts fail and they're 8-8 eight and eight, and they have to watch Trevor Lawrence be drafted by somebody else and nothing's left, I mean, what? I don't know. I, I wanted them to go to the draft. I'm afraid it'll be too expensive to go to the draft now. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, I guess the one good thing I could say for you is is uh, there's at least like five quarterbacks coming out next year that I think could be really good in, in yeah. case they, they want yeah, yeah, to. Yeah. And, and they could still, again, you mentioned it. They have. I, you're right. I believe it's a 34th pick. There's still a couple quarterbacks that a lot of people are high on that could fall into that late second round. I, I'm not whole, I, I think there's only four really good quarterbacks in this draft, so I don't think any of those other guys will be, but – I mean, Frank Reich, as you mentioned, is a really good quarterbacks coach. Maybe there's a guy that they like that they can grab in the second round. So uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see what happens, I guess. I, I, a lot of people obviously keep linking maybe Brissett back to New England. I don't think they do that. I could be wrong, I guess, depending on what kind of pick they get back for him. But I, I don't think he's going back to New England. I would love for them to hold on to him and maybe give him the keys to the – to the car back again next year, but then that just doesn't make any sense to me why you just pull him off and then give Rivers a job for a year and then put him back as a starter. So I, I don't know. It's going to be intriguing to see what they end up doing or how how well they end up competing this year with Rivers at quarterback. Because he didn't exactly have a great year last year either. Granted, the Chargers team no. all in general was not not that good either, but it, it was not a I, great year for Rivers. I think, well, I think you the thing you have to – Go ahead, Fox. Yeah, I think the thing you have to think about with Brissett and his future with the Colts is you brought him in during a low period and he was your starter and you threw him back to the bench, which he understood because Andrew Luck had been there before and was always going to be the guy. Then Luck leaves and you give him an extension. You tell him he's the guy. You can't now bring in Rivers, throw him back to the bench and think you're going to be able to put him back as a starter in the future. I think you've you've ruined Tony's right. You've ruined that possibility. Uh, Here's right now. The best thing for him is he's got to go somewhere else if he's hoping to make anything. He may swallow it and be a backup there, but I don't know. I think that's a tough situation, too. And what if Rivers starts out weak? You know, do fans 
clamor? Is there pressure now? Hey, Brissett was the guy last year and we weren't that bad. Why not put him out? I, I would think Rivers would be super uncomfortable sitting on a one-year deal having the guy who was your starter last year right breathing down his neck. Yeah. I think as Matt was talking, I, I've got this. Here's my prediction, and it's very specific, so it's going to be wrong. The Colts are going to have a good year this year. Not Not bad enough. Uh, to get an early pick and maybe good enough, hopefully, to win everything. I don't know, although that's not part of the prediction. Um, and they franchise tag Philip Rivers next year, and they pay him all, they pay him the franchise tag to keep him under a quarterback that was displaced by this year's free agency: a Mitchell Trubisky, God forbid, a Derek Carr, a Cam Newton, a Jameis Winston. One of those guys. I think ultimately ends up in Indianapolis, not a green rookie. That's what I think is going to happen. Interesting. If, I'd, I'd be interested. If to see you want Jameis, just sign him now. Well, I, I hey, listen, I would sign Jameis instead of Philip Rivers. <laughs> Ugh, I don't know. Well, you don't have to tell me. They, uh, yeah, I guess I could see that. I guess uh, technically I should have started with the uh, with the Joe Flacco thing because that's a little bit more easier to discuss than uh, than Philip Rivers there. But Joe Flacco was released, which I think means uh, oh, yeah. Drew Lock has got everything to himself. Not that we didn't think that, anyways, but uh, he is good to go. Uh, so where do you guys want to go next? You want to go TB12 and TB? It's not technically official yet, but it does seem like uh, Brady. All signs are pointing to him in Tampa Bay. Uh, I've been saying for a while I didn't think that the Buccaneers were going to bring Jameis back. So that this clearly signifies, in my opinion, that he is gone. He's not coming back. Uh, so let's start with with Brady first, and we'll move on to Jameis. Uh, do you guys like this spot? I, I guess I should start with Tony because I know Matt likes this spot. He's been angling for a bit now in my argument against him. And Brady going to the Chargers, Matt saying Tampa Bay. So you win this argument, my friend. He did go to Tampa Bay. Tony, what are your thoughts on him going to Tampa Bay? You think this works out for him and, and the amount of weapons that he has, at least uh, in the receiving game, uh, for, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, I think he's got everything across. The, this team looks, as far as personnel goes, a lot like or better than on the offensive side of the ball than what he's used to playing with. Now, the offensive line is going to need a little help, but he just dealt with a bad offensive line last year. If I'm Tom Brady, I'm thrilled. I mean, I'm absolutely thrilled. And we need to give Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber at least a little more credit because that system, while neither of them are elite, I mean, Rex Burkhead isn't exactly elite, but him coupled with a couple other guys that can all do different things with a guy like Tom Brady running the ball, I I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it makes a lot of sense for Tom Brady. To be honest with you, I didn't see it coming because I had drank the James Winston Kool-Aid. As I said earlier, I'd have just signed him at Indianapolis and been done with this. Yeah. But... But that's not the reality we're in. I think it makes a lot of sense. I saw some stats for 10 to 20-yard passes. I think Tom Brady's one of the best at that, um, I, although I don't know that to be sure. But I guess I could just go ahead and say it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great thing for Tom. I think it's a great thing for Tampa Bay. And what's fascinating is uh, a coworker actually bought season tickets to Tampa Bay when that started coming up big time. And he bought them like the day that, that just before – we had official announcements. But what's fascinating, I was texting him afterwards. I said, hey, wait a minute. The playoffs are in Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean, that's, what Bowl. a great story, man. The Super Bowl will be in. That's what I mean. I'm sorry. The Super Bowl is in, in Tampa Bay. So what a great what a great way for him to do it. I, I would have liked the Chargers better, I, although the schedule was one of the reasons why I said I didn't think that that, that made a lot of sense. I wouldn't want to deal with that division if I was him. Um, but I... I'll, that's probably not the way you think when you're a professional quarterback. Uh, you probably don't, just don't think that way. 
I think this actually does make the most sense. That's what I'm trying to say. And I'm thank I'm so glad it's not the Titans or, or the Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you have anything you want to add to him going to the to, to the Buccaneers? Um, I mean, I think it's a big swing for uh, for Tampa Bay. It's an interesting story. Um, you know, be curious to see how they fill out the rest of their team, how the rest of the pieces come together. It's definitely going to be weird seeing him in another uniform. Um, you know, I think turnovers from the quarterback position were a huge problem for Tampa Bay last year, which is likely to be solved. I think there's still plenty of questions about whether all of what we saw from Tom Brady last year uh, was a result of the players he had around him or if some of it was aging. I mean, you have to remember he's not going to be, he's going to be 43 by the time the season starts. Um, I actually was leaning toward Tampa Bay at this point, possibly being that team that wins the off season and craters during the regular season, like the 2018 Vikings with Kirk cousins signing and, or last year's Browns. Ah, um, I think there's a brands. potential that they, they were the kind of winners of the off season that it'll take them more than a year to make it. In which case, you know, was the Brady signing worth it? Um, so, I mean, we'll have to see. Uh, it's really Tom's chance to kind of show that he can do it without bill in a totally different situation. They have some good offensive pieces and uh, they're working on trying to build that defense. I like their coach, uh, but they don't have the easiest division. So, yeah, uh, there's still a lot of questions in my mind. It's not like a oh they got Tom Brady they're in the Super Bowl that some people seem to want to think that that's not my feeling right now. Yeah, I and mean, just to to add on to the point you were just making about Tampa Bay getting hurt with turnovers, uh, they lost nine games last year. In seven of the games they lost, they lost by one touchdown, and in those seven games, Jameis Winston threw 18 interceptions. Uh, so that's a little over two a game. So it's, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it, it was definitely a, a bad thing for them. And I would expect Brady going there is not going to quite turn the ball over as much. I'm with you, though. I'm not one of those people who's jumping on this bandwagon that all of a sudden Tampa Bay is the favorite in the NFC and the NFC South. They still got to go up against Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints, who I think at this moment have the better roster, even if, as we mentioned, Todd Gurley just getting cut ends up finding his way to the Buccaneers as a free agent. I still think the Saints have the better roster. So I'm not quite throwing them up there as Super Bowl champs just yet because they get Tom Brady. What do you guys think this means for Winston, though? It really seems like all of the QB spots are kind of taken up outside of a couple teams we expect are going to go after rookie quarterbacks in the draft. Uh, are we just kind of – I think, Matt, we touched on this a little bit on Monday's episode. I, at least I think that he's for sure set to be a backup somewhere. I don't think he's going to be a starter in 2020. Do you agree with that, Tony and Matt, or do you think he ends up starting somewhere? Man, I don't know. Um, I think he should be a starter. I think he had a 5,000-yard season last year, and yeah, he had 30 interceptions, but I mean, he had 5,000 yards, guys. Come on. He should be a starter. I I think it's ridiculous, and I don't mean to be insulting if you don't think he should be, but I think it's ridiculous that he's not not a starter. Um, The only caveat there, the only catch that he's in is there's so like Fox and I were talking just before the show. There are so many quarterbacks right now displacing everything. Maybe there's going to be some casualties. Maybe Jameis Winston is one of them. I'm afraid that uh, I'm afraid that Jameis Winston's best years might not ever happen. But I think he should be 
absolutely should be a starting quarterback. I mean, geez, freaking Chicago's got two backup quarterbacks starting. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, <I> would... <laughs> well, so there's a couple things with Jameis Winston. I, you know, I think we always thought this this quarterback situation going into the offseason was going to be a bit like musical chairs because you have to consider that there are some places that are happy to stay with a lower tier option right now because they're leaving themselves open for one of the two or three or four top rookie quarterbacks so that always kind of limits the the open pools it seems like the chargers are willing to ride tyrod because they're planning to get uh, one of these quarterbacks that they want to put in. It seems like Miami's fine with Ryan Fitzpatrick right now because they're also focused on one of these quarterbacks. Cincinnati seems like they're ready to move on from Andy Dalton, who's another guy who's going to be available out there because they're planning to get Joe Burrow. So post-draft, we might see somebody like Jameis come around one of these teams if their fortunes don't work out. You know, if a surprise team jumps them and grabs a quarterback and they start looking at their post-draft situation going, oh, well, that. Uh, that didn't work out then you know i think a guy like Jameis might end up having to be patient and might not get signed till may or june somewhere the other thing working against him is he's developed a little bit of a rep of not being the easiest player to coach he's had many coaches in many different ways try to work with him to uh, correct some of these flaws in his game with turnovers and things like that. It can be a real killer and nobody's been able to do it. And there is starting to be a feeling that they won't be able to do it. I mean, if you look at a Tampa Bay team that was seven and nine last year, that was very competitive at times that seemed to be on the cusp of playoff relevance. And you look at Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions plus a ha- handful of fumbles and what that sometimes did to his team, that gives you a moment of pause. The other thing is, And I said this a while ago, the biggest thing working against Jameis Winston is Jameis Winston, who has repeatedly come out, even when people have mentioned these critical things and said, I'm the man, I'm incredible, I should be getting $33 million a year. Until he's willing to humble himself a little bit and come off of those kind of demands, I think it's going to be tough for him to find a spot. And I think this might, this first few Days might have been a sobering reality. Him having to wait until May might be a sobering reality. I think eventually he'll get a shot. And if he's able to put it together, it's not that he doesn't have talent, but talent isn't the only thing. Like you look at an opening like like New England. Does Bill Belichick want to go out there and try to work with somebody who has a very high opinion of their skills and is a turnover machine? No, that's not his that's not his thing. Washington, maybe not happy with Dwayne Haskins. Ron Rivera doesn't want to deal with that. The Chargers looking around, they're like, we'd rather take a backup. The, you know, Miami looking around saying, if we just want somebody who's going to go out there and sling it, Ryan Fitzpatrick was pretty fun for us, and he only costs us like $4 million, and then we can turn it over to a rookie. I think that's kind of the problem for, Jace, for Jameis when he – poisoned the well in tampa bay there weren't a lot of obvious options for him yeah i mean you mentioned new england i think the only reason i'd like to see him go there and and kind of play into tony's point is that i do think he would obviously have to as you just mentioned kind of eat some of his ego a little bit and kind of become that team guy where it does not seem like he's been that ever since he's been in tampa bay at least in my opinion from what i've seen from the outside i'm not in the locker room So I don't know that for sure, but from everything I've seen in the interviews and everything, he does seem to be all about me. It has been for a long time. 
But if he goes to New England, he's able to put that aside and be more of a team guy. Bill has shown that he can put you in the right positions and coach you to get your strengths out of you. And and I do think he could possibly do really good there. I I just don't know if he'll go there. And I honestly don't know what they're going to do there. A lot of us have talked about there. There was a lot of talk about Andy Dalton possibly going there. A lot of those rumors seem to have been shut down. Uh, There seems to be a lot of talk now that Jared Stidham is going to be the guy in New England. I'm not sold on that I think Stidham is okay I I don't think he's any kind of game changer but maybe that's what Belichick wants to do I mean would either uh I mean what do you got do either one of you have any idea what you think New England might do you think they roll with Stidham maybe try and bring in I mean really the only two big eight free agents out there now are Cam Newton and James Winston what what round draft pick was Tom Brady he was a six round draft pick yeah no I don't think anybody knows what they're going to do and I don't think I don't think it's possible to figure it out. I don't think that the, that the obvious answer is the right answer. And unfortunately, I, I don't think about football the same way that Bill Belichick does. <laughs> yeah. And so I think there's somebody there that that we're missing. Everybody's missing something on. There's got I think there has got, there's got to be. So I don't know who it is. It's going to be somebody that we don't expect. It's going to be somebody real vanilla. It's going to be such a boring-looking thing. It might be Stidham. I don't know. But... I don't think it's going to be an obvious answer. I, I guess that's that. I don't know. That's what I'm trying to say. I think they want somebody who, you know, they aren't. They don't need somebody flashy. I think that they are happy with somebody. I, I think the the thing that would be a big turnoff for them with Winston is he's reckless with the ball. Yeah. Because that's something. No matter what, yeah. that's something Bill Belichick won't abide. And for the kind of money and stuff he's looking for, that's never been the kind of player they want. I I think he would be just as happy. I, I actually don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they go take Brissett back. I think trading for an Andy Dalton is definitely a possibility. I don't think they'll roll just with Jarrett Stidham. They may start out with, a you know, you have to remember when Tom Brady – uh, got drafted as a six-round pick. They had Drew Bledsoe. It was when Bledsoe got injured that they gave Brady a chance and they yeah. saw what they liked and that was enough for them to put Bledsoe on the bench. I could see that kind of a situation for Stidham where he starts out behind somebody else. I think they're going to get a veteran, but they're not looking to break the bank and they do not want somebody who's reckless and aggressive with the ball. I could, You know what? The, the ultimate... Bill Belichick FU to Tom Brady would be for them to go sign Joe Flacco for a penny and put him back there and have him manage games and win on defense and go win a Super Bowl. So, <laughs> I mean, that's a more, I could see Belichick doing that more than I could see him going out and splashing for James Winston. All right. So another move, uh, I guess let's do Chicago first. Cause I want to save the last one. Cause that, that really affects two quarterbacks as well, going in different directions. So Chicago made a trade earlier today, or I think it was last night, one of the two, uh, for Nick Foles. They, the second time Nick Foles has been traded for a compensatory pick, which I find very interesting. Uh, but he gets traded for a fourth round compensatory pick to the Chicago Bears. There's a lot of people I was listening to SiriusXM this morning. They had uh, Tom Waddle on uh, from Chicago, who actually thinks Nick Foles is going to win the starting job. So I, I uh, there's a lot of people who are pretty high on Nick Foles. Uh, he obviously he has a really good relationship with Matt Nagy for what they did in Philadelphia. Y- your guys' thoughts on Foles, Trubisky? Do you think Trubisky still owns the job? Do you think it's a QB competition? What are your guys' thoughts on this? And if Foles wins it, do you think they end up trading Mitch or just letting him go? How do you guys see this turning out? 
I don't think there's any trade market for Mitch Trubisky. I think if he loses the starting job, they just keep him as a backup for the time being. He's still on his rookie deal. Uh, is not uh, overly expensive. Um, you know, and maybe it's a, I think it'll be somewhat like what happened with Mariota last year. He would just end up kind of sitting behind somebody. I think it's very possible Foles could come out and have a very similar trajectory to what we saw with Ryan Tannehill last year. You never know. The things that give me a moment of pause is outside of his two stints with Philadelphia. We've seen Nick Foles given a chance in a few different places, and it has never really worked out. He's never looked like he could be kind of successful. It's hard to to know what kind of to to know what to expect from Nick Foles. That was actually, uh, you know, I've seen some Bears fans that I follow on Twitter. He was like their their last choice of the different kind of quarterbacks to potentially be brought in for this kind of thing. He would have been my last choice. Uh, for for bringing into this thing too, because I think Tony made the joke earlier. They have two backup quarterbacks now competing <laughs> yeah. for the spot. That's kind of how I feel. I was intrigued when they were possibly going to trade for Cam Newton. Um, I would have been curious to see Andy Dalton because at times Andy Dalton's been real fun for fantasy, and he hasn't been a terrible quarterback. He went to the playoffs year after year with Marvin Lewis when he first started in Cincinnati. I mean, he's nobody's idea of a hero, but. He's been a a decent quarterback. I I thought that could be curious um, to eat foals and to eat that that contract from Jacksonville is curious to me at a lot of levels. Yeah, uh, it looks like there's just one more year left on Mitchell Trubisky's contract. Is that right? I think. Yeah, well, he's, on fifth fifth year year his, uh, he's yeah. on the fifth year of his. He's on the fifth year option of his rookie option. deal. So, so they compete this off season, and the backup sits on the bench. That's that'll, that's what it'll be for a year. I think it's, yep. there's no more there's no more to it than that. We'll see. And here's the interesting thing for them: they could really be screwed next year because obviously, as we just mentioned, Mitchell Trubisky will be out of his fifth year option, and Nick Foles, when because he, he reworked his deal when he went to Chicago, he can actually choose to void the rest of his contract either this year or at the end of this season or next season uh, with the with the contract, even though he signed for four years. So he technically could be playing in Chicago for three more years, but he can choose to void the contract after this coming season or the next. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, regardless with them. The more interesting one, Matt, you mentioned Cam Newton. I think we all kind of expected Cam Newton to get traded to the Bears. I thought that ended up being a very good fit. Yeah. The Panthers go out and they bring in Teddy Bridgewater, which kind of shocked all of us. I remember when you posted that in the chat. Uh, three years, $63 million. So he's the guy. I- I'm yeah. assuming it has something to do with Joe Brady. He-, he really seems to be all in on Teddy Bridgewater, and that's why they went out and got him, which is a good thing if your offensive coordinator wants a guy and you're able to go get him. Clearly he sees something in Bridgewater and the way he likes to call games. We saw what he was able to do with Joe Burrow last year at LSU. I don't know. Obviously I'm not trying to compare Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Burrow, but the fact that they brought him in, clearly he has a lot of uh, faith in Teddy Bridgewater. So what do you guys think about Bridgewater to Carolina and then what these what this ram, what the ramifications mean for Cam Newton moving forward? I like it. I think it's a great fit. I, I think that that uh, he he's similar he's still college style quarterback. I think he's a great talent that so many people have forgotten about. And and I know that the five or six weeks that Drew Brees was out, he was in, he he was winning, he he was was great, but I don't think that we ever got back to the hype that we had when he was drafted. The kid's a really, really great quarterback, and it works in that system. You've got, I mean, you've got a number of of players on that team that could 
could be the running back if it wasn't Christian McCaffrey. So I don't mean like anybody can be Mr. Christian McCaffrey, but any of those guys can can take a take a ball behind the line of scrimmage and pick up 15 yards from that. So this is going to be a fun offensive to watch. Super high powered yards after the catch offense. I can't wait. I think it's perfect. And the money, the money is honestly perfect. I mean, I don't know the details on it or, or how much is guaranteed or wh- whether it's front loaded. But three years, 63 million, man. I think that that they may have gotten a deal here. I'm going to go the other way. I think uh, that's this year's uh, Foles to Jacksonville signing. Okay. They used a uh, kind of small sample of success, and um, I don't get this at all uh, for team and situation. It actually makes me downgrade Carolina going into the season for the time being. You would have rather had Cam. Yes. I would have rather had Cam too. It was, yeah, I was shocked. I was just days ago saying that I thought. Or even if were... you didn't want Cam, maybe go. Maybe he's the guy that takes a shot on Jameis Winston. You okay. know, because okay. of the receivers they've got and the the weapons they've got on offense, that would have made more sense to me. Or if you were getting somebody for one year, maybe you know the way Indy did Rivers. Maybe you're thinking long term at the position. Three years, sixty three, if I recall. A huge chunk of it is guaranteed. Yeah, I think something like four forty-six million was guaranteed. That is a massive investment. Saying this is my guy now that I'm building yeah. my franchise yeah. around. And Teddy, you know, if if you recall when we had these quarterback conversations, he was one of the guys that I thought was going to have to be prepared to take a backup slot. Somebody somewhere. He's a guy I thought you know might have been. Uh, worked on a cheap deal to New England as a bridge after Tom Brady. This is not that that's probably the piece that has thrown the entire musical chairs out of whack. It's like Bridgewater came in and took a couple chairs and went home and it's like, Oh shit, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hear you. The, the, the Cam Newton surprised me the the way they parted ways with Cam Newton or have seemingly Parted way, I guess they have because it's been less than a month since the combine. Less than a month since the combine when they came out and said he's our guy. But that's not even it for me. I started looking at branding from the Carolina Panthers themselves, not not interviews, not coach talk, not ask him a question. He's going to give you an answer that he got out of the can. But they were they're putting together content, making it very obvious that Cam Newton is the center focal point of their team, and then out of nowhere, bam, here we go. It's just it, it makes no sense. A coach talks one thing, but when the entire organization is operating that way, that's way confusing to me. Yeah, I mean, what what really kind of drove me crazy. Uh, for those of you who've listened for a while, know that my youngest brother is a huge Panthers fan, and he was actually he's in town right now. And so we were talking about it the other day. It almost kind of seems like Carolina shot themselves in the foot with this as well because they go out and they sign Teddy Bridgewater, announce the deal, and then say that they're willing to trade Cam Newton nobody's going to give you anything worth anything for Cam Newton now because you already have a quarterback in place. Had they traded Cam beforehand and then signed Teddy Bridgewater, it would have made a lot more sense in my opinion because then at least you probably at least get a second-round pick back for Cam Newton. He's a, he's a 
previous MVP. I mean, you, if you can prove that he's going to be healthy, you're going to get a high pick for him. But then to just go out and sign Teddy Bridgewater and then within a matter of minutes say, oh yeah, we're willing to, we've agreed with Cam Newton to part ways or he can seek a trade and he clearly says he didn't want that. It just, none of this makes any sense to me. It sucks because I liked the hire of Matt Rule. I uh, love CMC, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. And it just seems like that, that franchise has really kind of taken a weird turn. And uh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of with Matt. Like, I, I think the Bridgewater signing is a good thing for Curtis Samuel because of where he works on the field. Uh, but outside of that, like, I, I think this is a bad, bad look and a bad turn for all of the Carolina Panthers. I'm, I'm not as excited about it as I would be, as both of you said, if Cam was back. Is there anywhere that you think Cam could go? Because I, I was with Matt. I really thought it was going to be Chicago. And at this point, I just I don't see the opening outside of a lot of people are linking Washington because of Rivera, but I don't think he goes there. I don't think he goes to the Chargers either. They've already kind of come out and said that they want to stick with Tyrod as their guy because they're going to draft a quarterback as well and allow him to kind of mentor that quarterback. So I don't see the Chargers as a fit either. Do either one of you guys think Cam lands on a team? Well, here's the trouble. It goes back to what I said before. The doctors can't do physicals right now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we're, yeah. we're just the reality is we are caught well, in a world where Cam some Newton are can't get in physicals. front of a team. Well, some of them are, but the team doctor cannot do a physical on a player. Yeah. That's the rule. It has to be an independent doctor. And and for Tom Brady, that makes sense. You know what you're getting with Tom Brady, okay? The man's never missed a freaking game and he doesn't eat ketchup. You know what you're getting out of him. But with Cam Newton, you got foot questions, you got shoulder questions, you got all kinds of questions. And an well, independent I'm, doctor, Caroline, is not going to get it done. That's probably the bigger curiosity with this move um, by Carolina because he had been in and with their medical staff. So they know the best. Did they decide to do this and decide to put him out because they have a health question that we're just not seeing mentioned? Um, Oof. Did you just, did you guys just, sorry, did you guys just see Adam Schefter's tweet? Sean Payton tested positive for coronavirus. Ugh, that's Um, not good, man. That sucks. That's rough. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry. Um, I, Newton may end up. I so the question. He's still under contract with Carolina. The question for them is: Are do they feel like they want to make a trade? You know, they obviously signed Kyle Allen too, so they have their backup and they have Will Greer. So you you would figure there's no chance they want to carry four quarterbacks yeah. going into the season. So are they going to be satisfied? Um, releasing him and eating that dead cap and then letting him move on. If that ends up being the case, he probably, he might fall into that category. I mentioned with Jameis Winston, where you almost have to wait post draft and see what team there's a lot of teams right now that have kind of a plan locked in based on what they're targeting in the draft for at least one, but probably more than one of those teams. Something's not going to work out correctly. You know, we have surprises every year and then, post-draft your plan that looked like Tyrod in the future might end up looking a little bit like oh my god let's go see if we can get Cam Newton on a cheap deal or let's go see if we can get Winston so that might end up you know it's just weird because Carolina was not a rock we thought was in play going into the tampering period on Monday yeah and the fact that they end up being in play and they end up taking a target that we didn't think was, you know, that some of us didn't think was one of the top on the tier and displacing 
somebody who was a top tier. You know, I was just looking at some of these fantasy dynasty teams. You know, when you you ended the year, you might end up with like two or three quarterbacks that you had at the end of the year. Like if you had Jameis Winston and Cam Newton, maybe in a two quarterback league, you could actually have find yourself with zero starting quarterbacks right now. It's just amazing how quickly the landscape has shifted. Here's something that I just read on Twitter. <clears throat> you drew me to Twitter with the Adam Schefter tweet. I'm sorry, but unrelated off topic, but we've talked a lot about these quarterbacks and the, and the injection of a vast amount of new quarterbacks into the league. Here's, here's what's coming down the road for all the fun that quarterbacks were. Here's what you get next year. Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, all due to be free agents. Yeah. Just to, just a little bit for the future. Yeah, see, but I don't know. Okay, so who are you signing, though? Christian McCaffrey? Like, I love Nick Chubb. He's got but the, I, fifth, the fifth year options available. They'll pick up that option. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think he was the only one that was drafted in the first round out of those you named. So, yeah, they'll likely pick up that option. I mean, I don't know if any of those guys get a huge deal, though. We've really kind of seen, like, I, that's why I think Derrick Henry got franchise tagged. I, I think after what happened with Todd Gurley uh-huh. and Zeke, a lot of teams are afraid to pay big money to running backs. I think Joe Mixon's going to yeah. get paid. By the way, I don't know, man. Look at—he's been—he's Joe Mixon stay on the was field. non-existent for a bulk of last year, uh, even when he was available on the field. I, running back, even more so than it was a couple of years ago, feels like it's—it's it's not a position they're willing to invest in. You know, the the big player, the big names that are on the market right now: Devontae Freeland, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley. I mean, those were some of the big names that you thought were going to be locked into huge contracts and now they may not even have a team or they may end up taking a two million dollar deal to go to a team one of them's going to end up going to buffalo i feel like and killing all of our devin singletary oh, that's going to happen don't Probably say Melvin that Gordon, by the way no. hopefully it's devonta it's freeman hopefully it's devonta freeman because he's the least probably. talented well buff buffalo if i'm buffalo i'm looking at this year like this is my year to take the afc east because new england setting aside the quarterback void they have lost so much talent in free agency yeah. there's a real opening there miami's obviously coming for them the jets god only knows if i'm buffalo i just traded for Diggs. i would make some kind of a signing like that of gordon or something so that i would just push all my chips in and say i'm going yep 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 all right, before we get out of here, real quick, Todd Gurley, where's he going? Tampa Bay. Now, all that cap problem that we talked about, we can figure another way around it. It's going to be okay. <laughs> oh, sure, because there's some dead money there. Well, hey, you just uh, said that I he think, could sign for I a two-year, two-million-year. Tampa Bay, too. Yeah, that's kind I'll of where I'm going. Again, Matt. Back. I couldn't hear. I you. think t- I think Todd Gurley's going to Atlanta. Ooh, Ooh, I like that too. Back to play the Georgia. University of Georgia. Yeah. Give them a discount. There's, there's no way they. Quadre Allison's a decent prospect. There's no way they're rolling with him as RB one. And I think they have other needs that they've got to take care of if they can get a, a solid vet like that at a discount. I think they're doing it. I like it. I still, I'm going to lean Tampa with Tony just because I think he, he wants to try and get back in the Super Bowl. And and we saw the reports that there's a Gosh. lot of players that seem to want to go to. Uh, to Tampa Bay and play with Brady. And as Matt, you just mentioned, you think those guys will probably have to take lesser deals. I don't think that Tampa Bay not having a lot of money uh, is, is going to matter. I think Gurley's going to have no. to take probably like a prove-it deal, prove that you're healthy with that knee, all the issues you've had, maybe a one-year deal, and then go back out on the market next year. Although, 
Probably wouldn't be that smart with him with the guys that Tony just mentioned being available next year because he's clearly going to be like fourth or fifth best on that list. All right, guys. What, um, what, Go ahead. What's the guaranteed? What's what kind of paycheck is Todd Gurley walking away from? Because here's the thing: he may not have to like the the new team may not have to pay him very much because the Rams have already paid him. I don't know how much money is he walking away from them with. Do you know? I don't know. Find that out real Look at uh, dead cap, but it saved him. A chunk of money. Um, yeah, I just know that it was. I know he was the cap. It was supposed to be thirteen million this year, and I think seventeen next year. But I don't know how much of that was guaranteed. Uh, Seventeen point five this year. Was his cap hit? God, I forgot how much they really wanted to pay that guy. I mean, he was phenomenal. Yeah. You, you can't take that away. Yeah. So he doesn't I think after after the questions the last two years, um, I, I think. I could see him doing like a Randall Cobb kind of thing. I'll bet yes. on me take yeah. one year, four or five million dollars, yes. and you know if he does really well, look, Cobb parlayed it into three years, twenty-seven. If you would have said that that's the kind of contract he was going to land two off seasons ago, that you would have been shocked. So yeah. sometimes you bet on yourself, it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. I think that's what he's going to end up having to do with one of these teams. He's going to try to to find a place that fits his his needs best where he has a chance to shine and see what we can do. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Almost, a, almost an hour and a half. So not, not bad at all. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, talking on the quarterbacks there at the end. Um, I'm hoping all three of us can be back next week and might do a mock draft episode that we've been talking about doing for a while. Hopefully we'll have some oh, more news on, on everything going on. Obviously the world's kind of in a crazy place. It does seem like the NFL draft is going to happen on time, just a little bit different this year. So hopefully we can dive into that. Uh, Matt, Tony, keep your guys uh, – stay safe, and I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. Talk soon. Yep. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play?